I'm joined now in our studio by the mesmerising performer Camille O'Sullivan, who's preparing to take to the stage of the Gate Theatre as Edith Piaf in a play telling of the life and career of the iconic French singer in all of its grit and all of its glory. Good morning, Camille. Hello. <laughs> now, listen, you're here. It's not even half past ten and you are going to sing live for us, which I, I always think is incredible because <laughs> a lot of times stuff is on tape. You're going to sing live. Yeah. We're going to chat in a moment mm-hmm. and you're going to perform for us one of Edith Piaf's best known songs. You're accompanied this morning here in our studio by Fergal Murray, mm-hmm. who you've been working with for years yeah. on the keyboard. This is La Vie en Rose. Quand il me prend dans ses bras, il me parle tout bas, je vois la vie en rose. Il me dit des mots d'amour, des mots de tous les jours, que ça me fait quelque chose. That was absolutely beautiful. Come and sit back over here, oh, Fergal. Terrible. You just are, that abso- half ten in the morning. Well done. That was. It's a beautiful song, isn't mm. it? Tell me, I don't know much about Edith Piaf. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows her name. Yeah, I was amazed. She died when she was like. 47. 47, she looked much older. I didn't know yeah. much. We discovered it was kind of an amazing discovery um, in the rehearsals. Um, I mean. That song, those are her words. And I didn't know that she wrote a lot of her lyrics, a hymn to more. She's an incredible yeah. songwriter. So I thought she was just a lady who was given her songs. And to be honest, I was, you know, thinking I'd looked at the covers of the albums going, oh, that looks very beautiful or that's a lovely song. I knew there was incredible emotion of like, you know, this, the description of triumphs and tragedies mm. in her life. But she had a really difficult um, life and upbringing and um, like she was, uh, her mother was a, a cafe singer and her father was a, a circus acrobat and her mother basically abandoned her and f- her father brought her to his mother, which uh, which unusual, the, the his mother was a brothel keeper. So she was brought up by all the, the ladies of the night and she lost her sight at three years old because of meningitis for four years. I never knew that. Mm. And hearing that you go, I wonder is that where this beauty and this amazing because she's very unusually very still in her performances it's mm. all in how she delivers the story and later on she became uh, uh, she was very poor she went on the streets singing and this is the story that's on stage you know so it's uh, the joys and madness and um, the sadness of her life and uh, she uh, was begging and somebody heard her in the street and they said what's that voice and I think what's amazing too about her is like when you think of France, a lot of people goes, what's the, who represents France? You say Edith Piaf. But before Edith Piaf, who represented France, she created, she was like their icon, like their Bob mm-hmm. Dylan, you know. And so anyway, in her life, all these, like I'm laughing at the script, I go, how many boyfriends did she have in this thing? You know, because it's continuing on. And um, she, uh, 
she had uh, all the, like she always says, I sing about love and the tragedy of love. And I used to think myself, I, I was always a better singer when I'm going through real terrible moments in my life uh, in relationships. But uh, later on, um, I, and I will, she, you know, uh, went to the, played in the Olympia and then toured America. But I didn't know about this thing called the suicide tour, which is kind of what we show on the show too, where she, many times people used to come because they adored her, but also she would collapse. It went on for like a year or two where she would not be able to get through a song and then that would be it over. And she had a drug problem. So by the time she hit America and there's an amazing thing in America, the Americans didn't know how to take her. So she really struggled there. And then some guy, which is of fortune, said in the New York Times who had seen her, he said, don't let this woman go back to France. She is one of the most incredible singers. And that New York Review changed her whole thing. She became like an international star. And then it was around then she was getting all these pains when she was touring. She had arthritis in her hands. And then um, by the time she got back, she realised she had cancer. And the thing is, she um, passed away in the south of France. But I read in the story, Theo, her youngest lover, who I think might have been homosexual. I mean, I don't think it. it's written, but um, and he was like 25 or something. Mm-hmm. She, uh, he, she, she died there. But they didn't want um, the French to know that. So undercover in the night, like she was brought back to Paris. So her date of death is actually a day before because then she was buried there and it was an absolute outpouring of love. Um, and, you know, I, it, it it's kind of extraordinary to sing her songs because I'm, I'm understanding her in, in a way, you know, that I never had before. And also this thing about this little black dress she wore, because she wasn't like a, she was very pretty, but she mm-hmm. wasn't a stunning woman. And I kind of love that about her. And I love that she was a little petite thing in this black dress. And I said to the people doing costume, I said, was that like a thing of the French? And then I read, she was an amazing person who supported all Yves Manton, Charles Aznavour, all these men who came up to be great singers. She was really, really their mentor. And he came in with a cowboy hat and a little kind of checkered thing, thinking this is, and she was like, oh, Zouter Laurie shouldn't look like that. She said, wear black. Then they see your eyes, they see your mouth, they see your expression, they see your hands. And then I went, that's her magic. You know, and the great love of her life, like you mentioned, oh, was Marcel Sardin. Oh, yeah. So yeah. basically, I mean, it's you know, typically French. She was married, and it was kind of like, Cherie, you know, I know your faith. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean he's married? I went, okay, okay. So she she had many um, relationships throughout her life, but this particular one was the love of her life, and he was a boxer, a famous boxer, um, and um, I think a world champion um, uh, title, and this thing of saying get an earlier plane back so she asked him to come back to visit her and that plane crashed so mon dieu and je ne regrette rien now this is an interesting thing so this is what she used to do she didn't just go and come and write you know uh, can you give me a song she'd sit in her house and what I love about her she's kind of a a feminist or a kind of she was a strong woman ahead of her time Marlene Dietrich was one of her best friends I love the fact these two icons loved each other she was at her wedding I was like this is amazing but she basically um, used to you know people be nervous about going near and she'd say come on in have a few drinks she'd get the writer slightly drunk put him in a room lock him in the room say right I want you to write about my life this street this thing that's happened me being brought up in the streets that's where Milor and Accord and Easter came it wasn't just somebody wrote it she used to tell them the story lock them in I mean that could be folklore I love mm-hmm. it and the next morning 8 o'clock come out with a song 
and 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 people did. And a lot of her lovers wrote her songs. But there was also an amazing woman. Uh, I might get this wrong, Madeleine Mano, but she wrote a lot. You know, so these women were doing incredible things at like the forties and fifties. And uh, and for me, it's special too because my own mum is French, um, Marie Jose, and my grandmother. Like she also helped the resistance. Like a lot of people in France at the time, because she fraternised with the Germans to pretend she wasn't doing anything. She smuggled people out from the resistance. And my own grandfather was in the resistance. So this story, I wish in a way, I sometimes I was on stage last night. I've still got her chains of her medals from saint Therese. All the um, ladies of the night prayed to saint Therese uh, to stop her blindness. And so she prayed to her um, for the rest of her life. And so she had this mad mix of kind of all these affairs, but her religious spirituality. But um, I, uh, you know, really thought of them last night and just and also it's a story for everybody. I mean, uh, it's so, you know, people have go through, like especially now, so, through so much times so and we're talking about being an artist, going through poverty, the war, you know, there's, it's, and she, you know, the war was something where instead of disappearing, she um, became, they hung on to her more because it was in a way give us, speak our voice or, you know, sorry, I'm talking so much. No, so, I, you love her. her. No, I, I do, think I do it's love your passion her. But I didn't realise, I think I've become mm. more obsessed now because I think I just got the saccharine version of, yeah. you know, the beautiful looking uh, covers. And now I'm like, there's a part in the show, Bravo Le Clown. And I, I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm kind of a bit crazy in it and I look a bit mad. But I always, as a performer, love it when I'm really on the on the way out as a, you know, <laughs> I'm on, you know, when everything's falling apart and it is my favourite bit. She's kind of losing it. And in a kind of way, it's a bit spinal tap. You're like, this is a bit too close to the bone because I'm reaching that age where it's like, it might be happening. But I like it because vulnerability yeah. is so real. And now I understand. And her kindness, what's lovely is looking at her pictures. She always had a lovely little smile and laugh. And Kate Gilmore, like the actors, I love this cast. I love working in the gate. They're so amazing. I couldn't love them more. They're like the little babies and I'm their crazy aunt they have to take care of. But basically... um, it's it's just you know sorry I've lost my train of thought because I'm thinking of them but no but you know it's it's, it's I think because of your passion it's going to be such an amazing show well, oh it's the laugh I meant to say we Kate and I were joking that her laugh was like <laughs> and then I heard it recently I went to go to look for a laugh and it's exactly that <laughs> and I just love that so you know we're we're placing it. We're talking in our own voices. We sing in French and English, but it's a really incredible theatre show. It shows that, like people, I'm always joking. There's, there's, I have twenty voices in my head. I said this in my gig last week in the Olympia. I said, "There's a woman called Margaret," and she'd be like, "I didn't think it was going to be like that," but you know, it's, it's real. You know, it's amazing. Well, look, you go back yep. over because no you are going to sing for <laughs> us again um, this morning again, accompanied by Fergal, the yep. wonderful Fergal Murray. It's another Piaf favourite. Um, it's Je ne regret rien. But just to say, PF, the show you're in, is running at the Gate Theatre from December the 7th until January the 28th. Tickets are on sale now, Camille, from the Gate Theatre. Dot IE or from their box office. As I say, thanks so much for coming in, Camille. Absolute You're pleasure. singing live at the crack of dawn. <laughs> I know, off we should have had a whiskey. With Virgil. No, <laughs> off you take it away with Je ne regret rien. Thank you so much. No, rien, rien. No. Je ne regrette rien 
ni le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'a bien égal. Non. Woo! We should be in a club. Well done, Camille and Virgo. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. We'll take a break. Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1. 